Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, we have reached part four of our current study, Babylon, Romanism, and the Harlot of Revelation 17. And today we will continue to uncover the pagan roots of Roman Catholicism and her true identity as the woman who rides the beast and who is queen over the Babylon mystery religion that is taking multitudes to their eternal destruction. It is important to realize that behind every prophetic precursor that is unfolding in the earth, there is a spirit at work. It is the spirit of Babylon and of all the other information that the Holy Spirit is alerting us to in these desperate last days. The most important thing to recognize is that everything else that is happening, such as wars and rumors of wars, the days of Noah reality in which we are now living, the technological advances which are making the mark of the beast a soon reality, the elitist plan for the Great Reset, with much talk about the New World Order, and every other sign that is converging with be-ready urgency, is because the God of this world is purposed and ready to set up His kingdom, and to gain the worship of every man and woman on earth. And He will do this through His one-world religion that is already dressed in her bridal gown of deceptions and ready for her husband, the Antichrist. This church is depicted in Revelation 17 as Babylon mystery religion, but it is also addressed in Revelation 2, 18-29 as the church at Thyatira. While this church was known for its good works, and truly Roman Catholicism is known for its many benevolences, it tolerated the woman Jezebel, who taught and seduced the Lord's servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. In Revelation 2.21, Jesus addresses this apostate church. And I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of her deeds. This indicates that this adulterous church will not be taken up in the rapture of God's true church but will go through the great tribulation, for though they say, Lord, Lord, Jesus does not know them as his own. In a Digging for Truth commentary, they give valuable insight to the symbolism Jesus is giving and how it relates to Babylon when he addresses the woman Jezebel, who is orchestrating great deception within the Thyatira church. They write, Spiritual Jezebel was the tempter to the church of Thyatira as was the literal Jezebel, to Ahab and Israel of old. Jezebel was the daughter of Bethbel, king of Sidon, who married Ahab, king of Israel. She brought with her the pagan religion of the Phoenicians and led all of Israel into idolatry. We are told that as a result of his marriage with this heathen woman, Ahab did sell himself to work wickedness and did very abominably in following idols as recorded in 1 Kings 21, verses 25 and 26. Ethbel was not only king of Sidon, but also a priest of Astarte, 
and Jezebel is said to have been a priestess and prophetess of Baal worship. She soon became the dominant power over the king and kingdom of Israel. Her will was supreme. She hated the prophets of God and persecuted them greatly. To supplant the worship of Jehovah, she imported 850 prophets of Baal, the sun god and chief deity of the Phoenicians, and made that heathen system the supreme religion supported and enforced by the state. From the time of Jezebel's marriage to Ahab, the apostasy of Israel became wide-ranging and finally assumed such proportions that all but 7,000 of the millions of Israel were bowing their knees to Baal. Likewise, from the time the church married the state, during the Pergamos period, the apostasy that began in the latter days of the apostles became so universal that the church and the world were led into the Dark Ages. In corruptness, Jezebel is compared to Semiramis from where the false doctrine of mother-mother-son worship was birthed, along with the many other pagan rituals. Most of Roman Catholicism's rituals were officially instituted during the Dark Ages period. The symbolic woman of Revelation 17 is doubtless identical with the Jezebel of the Thyatarian letter. Both of these symbolic women are declared to be harlots, being guilty of spiritual fornication. In 2 Kings 9.22, we read that Jehu told Joam, the son of Jezebel, that there could be no peace so long as the whoredoms of thy mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many. Whether or not the local church in Thyatira was deceived by a literal woman who claimed the prophetic gift, Jezebel certainly is the appropriate symbol of the semi-pagan religious system that dominated the world during the Middle Ages, and which is depicted in the Roman Catholic Church that the Thyatira Church represents. The deeper this church penetrated into paganism, the more she herself became heathenish, thus resulting in the expressions harlot and Babylon applied to her afterwards. Protestant expositors have long seen the papacy in the Scarlet Woman of Babylon and the Jezebel of Thyatira appears exactly at the right time in history that coincides with the papacy at its height. Jesus said that the Jezebel of Thyatira calls herself a prophetess. This is the claim of which she is symbolic. It is a well-known fact that the papacy claims divine inspiration and guidance even to the extent of infallibility. She terms herself as the oracle of God. Additionally, Catholics themselves symbolize their church by a woman, speaking of her as mother or the Holy Mother Church. The Bible indicates that Jezebel was swift to shed the blood of the prophets of God. During her relentless persecutions, the 7,000 of Israel who did not worship Baal had to flee to the mountains and hide in the caves of the earth. Under this fierce onslaught of Jezebel, a price was set on the head of Elijah, God's prophet and the great reformer of ancient Israel. Joseph A. Seiss, who was an American theologian, says of spiritual Jezebel, who Jesus acknowledged in Revelation 2.20, that in all of history there is not another character which so completely represents the papal system. Its character works and worship as the unclean wife of Ahab, the Jezebel of these epistles.
She was a heathen, and such is the character of the papal system. She is described as calling herself a prophetess, and is undertaking to be the teacher of God's servants. Likewise, the popery claims and professes to be heaven's only infallible teacher of God's truth. She was a persecutor and murderess of God's prophets and witnesses. And the papacy is also marked by nothing more than its severity towards such as stood out against its impious pretenses, and its public and secret tortures and butcheries of the saints." And on the foundation of that spiritual comparison of the woman who rides the beast with the woman Jezebel of Thyatira, we will move on to another commentary entitled, Who is the Roman Catholic Church Really Worshipping? Which will take us deeper into the exposure of this Babylonian cult. They write, This study will reveal the meaning of the symbols, statues, and attire used by the popes and priests as they reveal what and who the papal church is worshiping. For thousands of years, pagan religions have used symbols to show which gods they worshipped. These symbols were declared openly in Egypt, Babylon, Rome, and other pagan cultures. And they are still used today. But their true meanings are hidden under the disguise of the counterfeit to genuine Christianity they wish to promote. Most people do not recognize or even pay attention to them. Or if they do notice them, they have been deceived into believing that they hold a different meaning. However, they are a demonic mockery against God's unadulterated word of truth, and especially against Lord Jesus, the Christ, who is sacrilegiously impostered by them. Jesus himself warned that counterfeit Christ would arise in the last days. And the Apostle Paul accursed those who would come preaching another gospel or another Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 6, 14-18, we are also granted this sacred exhortation. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me says the Lord Almighty. By His Word, the Lord God makes His position very clear. You cannot serve two masters and be faithful to both. You cannot worship or pray to idols, even if you change their names to a myriad of saints or to Mother Mary. Elijah called out the people of Israel with that very exhortation when he challenged them to stop vacillating between Jehovah God and their idolatry with other gods. If Jehovah is your God, he said, then follow him. But if Baal is your God, follow him. His position was made clear. You cannot say you are one with the truth when you are embracing and bowing to the lie. And this is where we'll have to pause for today. 
In our next segment, we will pick up with a detailed overview of the many Babylonian symbols and icons that are hidden in plain sight throughout Roman Catholicism and how they give strong evidence to the fact that it is really Lucifer who is being worshipped in this Babylonian cult and not the one true and only God of all creation and how all the other false ways are even now being woven into this masterful counterfeit to genuine Christianity in the formation of the Antichrist one-world religion. I hope you will join me, and until then, I leave you with Revelation 18.4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you may not participate in her sins, and that you may not receive of her plagues. And, as always, beloved, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www. Dot agape light ministries.com again that's www.agapelightministries.com agape light ministries.com